Now, Jordy Nelson's been our friend for quite a while. Let me clarify. Jordy Nelson's been your friend for quite a while. I covered him. We hung out at the farmer's market once in Green Bay. <laughs> but I don't think he considers me his friend. What do you think Jordy's thing at the farmer's market is? Since he's a kind of a farmer, right? What? Yeah, is he I don't a cheese know. Cheese guy? Is he a fresh veggie guy? Flowers? Uh, all of the above, I'm sure. Uh, but do you think spicy Jordy... cheese bread? If you're in Madison, spicy cheese bread. Okay, we're in Green Bay. So, what do you remember of the Green Bay farmers? I've never. I, I ne- surprising okay. as you may seem, I never went to a farmers market in Green Bay. All right. So my point is, is that uh, Jordy is doing some great stuff with sharp literacy, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But do you think when he agreed? <laughs> And this does not count against our one once a year appearance, by the way. Oh, I on think our it show. will. So let's stay no, I feel fairly confident. Well, do I think that he wishes he could have not taken it and not had to answer <laughs> questions about Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I think he would have. Probably, yeah, I think he probably would have. Sure. But lucky us, here he is, joining us now. He is one of the all-time Packers greats, a frequent annual contributor to Wilde and Tausch. It is Jordy Nelson. Jordy, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, anything going on Packer-wise that, that you've heard in the last couple of days, or is it just you know pretty smooth sailing? Um, don't know what you're talking about. Benefit of living out in rural Kansas and being away from it all. So, oh, I, th- um, I think you, you know up. what we're talking about. <laughs> I think you watched Good Morning yeah. America today. And- <laughs> Jordy, before we ask you a thousand Rogers questions, uh, do you think that's Good Morning America worthy? That what this whole storyline? Because I am in the belief it's not. Jason and Jesse think that yes, of course, this is GMA. I don't know. I've no. I couldn't tell you last time I've watched Good Morning America or ever. Um, Anything that can cause controversy is apparently newsworthy, um, and that's what drives everything. So um, I'm sure when you start talking about vaccinations or anything political, it will divide people and get people talking and drive ratings. So um, I'm sure that's what they're after. Perfect. So that's all we're going to ask you about. So great to have you on. Um, Jordy, I I will say this. Aaron's a very good friend of yours. Um, have you talked to him at all after the way things have played out in the last 24 hours or so? I have not reached out to him yet. I assumed he was getting bombarded with everything, and I didn't want to add to it. I was either probably going to reach out and call him today or tomorrow. Um, I usually let the dust settle a little bit and just not be another one of them, the ones overwhelming him or, I mean, if I was him, I probably wouldn't have answered any phone calls or texts yesterday. So, um, but yeah, I'll reach out to him. Um, I did the same thing with Devonte um, when he tested positive, and just to make sure him and his family are all right. So, I mean, I, I think that's the right. perspective. I think a lot of people lose when this stuff happens. Is um, there's some crazy stuff that COVID's done to people and affects everyone differently, and um, so I think we need to keep that in perspective and stop worrying about um, who's vaccinated, who's not. Yeah, I'll be honest, Jordy. You know, I I obviously have thought very highly of him for a long time. And for me, this isn't about uh, whether he's vaccinated or not. I think for a lot of people, 
this has been about the way he chose to handle questions about it in training camp and now this happening this week. Um, you know, you love him. He's like a brother to you. He's one of your closest friends. As you've watched this play out and you've seen the criticism, even though you're in rural Kansas, I know you still have a television and the Internet there. Um, are, you, are, are, you, are you disappointed? Like, what are your feelings as you watch what he's dealing with now and some of it being of his own creation by the way he chose to answer questions about this topic? Um, it's interesting. Um, I don't think it changes any way I feel about him. Um, I think if you want to dissect it in the way he answered, uh, you can do it as you wish. But um, obviously, that was his choice. And um, everyone being, like I said, everyone being worried about other people's businesses has gotten um, a little bit out of control. I think. Uh, uh, shooting, I just went blank on his name. Um, Draymond Green with the Warriors mentioned something when they were talking to him about Andrew Wiggins and if he was going to get vaccinated or not. And he kind of, to me, laid it out there and said, well, it's his personal choice. It's none of my business. And I'm not asking if he's got the flu shot or the all the other vaccines that you're supposed to get. So, um, again, it's – I see – I I'm not getting into all the drama with it. Um, like I said, the vaccination is something that – can divide a lot of people. I think it's funny that people think if you're vaccinated, you can't get it and you can't spread it, which is obviously not true because from what I've heard is Devontae was vaccinated and tested positive. So um, there's a whole, it's, I think the whole thing's consistently inconsistent. So um, as much as everyone wants to dive into it and divide everything, I just prefer to stay out of it and everyone can make their own choice. I like that term, consistently inconsistent. I think that's uh, that covers it pretty well. So, Jordy, moving forward, I think uh, let's put you back in the locker room. You, Jason still thinks you should be in that locker room. Just I do. I, I'm surprised. It took three questions to get to that. I'm I know. Well, I think that might trust be me. <laughs> we were just as surprised as you are. So I get that. But how can you get us as a leader on those teams? What's the, what is it like? Because you had to go without Aaron Rodgers before with Hundley and some of the other. What's the what's your messaging this week if you're a leader in that locker room without Aaron Rodgers? Just do your job. I think one of the funniest things um, is when someone gets hurt or is missing a game for whatever reason, when people say everyone's just got to step up and do a little bit more. Well, if you can step up and do a little bit more now, that means you've been holding back on the team for the last however many games. So. Um, to me, nothing changes. Uh, you 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 do your normal stuff. You prepare. Uh, you make sure Jordan's ready to go. But all of a sudden, you're going to go out and watch a little bit more film, practice a little bit harder, play a little bit better than you've been shortchanging everyone else. So um, I think that's a lot of talk. So to me, nothing changes. You just make sure Jordan's comfortable with what he's doing and the coaches, and uh, I think we'll have a bigger role in that to make sure it's the plays that he wants because. There's probably plays that he likes that Aaron doesn't and plays that Aaron likes that he doesn't. So him and the floor got to get on the same page. But um, player to player, it's just go about your business as as you normally do. Because if you have to change something, then you've been cutting the team short for games or years prior. So so as a wideout, do you go up and have any conversations with Jordan? Uh, or is it just we're going to go out and do our our normal jobs? Do you do you ha- do you say anything? Encourage, lift him up, give him give him that confidence that you have in him. Or how do you approach that? 
Um, I guess the way I approach it would be the practice and going out and practicing like again, like you normally do, because it's no honestly it's no different than there. Like every quarterback wants confidence going into the game and if you go out and execute in practice and make plays in practice, the confidence will grow and he'll become more comfortable. So um lip service only goes so far. Um I've always been one, you know, actions speak louder than words and um, so to me, it's uh, the preparation throughout the week, throughout the walkthroughs. I mean, it's it's going to be a quick week. It's not like you're going to be able to convince him or tell him, hey, when you throw me a fade ball, put it here. And then, you know, MBS goes up there and tells him, when you throw me a fade ball, put it on this side or whatever. So you just got to go play football. And I, But I think a lot of it is the preparation throughout the week of being successful in practice, and that will have more effect than anything that's being said. Talking with former Packers wide receiver Jordy Nelson, who will be back in Wisconsin on Monday, November 15th, for a novel event with Sharp Literacy. We'll talk more about that coming up. You can check out sharpliteracy.org to find out more about his event at the Fister Hotel on Monday, November 15th. Jordy, since Tausch brought up Brett Hundley, I have a couple Uh-oh. of questions for you. Uh oh. I know where this is going. Yeah, because if Brett Hundley doesn't play quarterback, your statistics don't end up where they do, and you're still on the team. I'm sorry. It's true. Now, here's my question for you in all seriousness. I tried to get Brian Gutekunst to acknowledge after you caught 60-some balls in Oakland that you belonged on the team for another year and that he made a mistake and he moved on from you too early. He refused to do that. I understand that we have moved past this. I understand that I bring up a lot of things that you don't want don't to talk about. I think we anymore. have. I think some have, but I don't know about the we part. Where uh, you are still struggling to. Well, he knows you well. I, I'll tell you, he knows you well. He does. Yes, he does. Uh, but the idea of admitting you were wrong as a personnel person and as a general manager does not seem to be something that comes very easily with that job in general so were you surprised that this team was willing to bring back another of Aaron Rodgers BFFs and do you think that Goody is capable of saying that he was wrong about being ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers because he wasn't willing to be say be he wasn't willing to say he was wrong about moving on from you so is that something that just when you're a GM you don't do that sort of thing or what is your expectation for a general manager to acknowledge if he made a mistake? I, I really don't know and don't care, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> people, yeah. Uh, I don't, honestly, Jordy, I don't I'm going to help question. you out here. One word don't answer. Help him. Don't help no, him. He doesn't want to answer the question. Uh, so can you admit I don't know how that... It's like... Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jordy. No, no you I, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead, Tosh. No, I was just going to say, we can all admit now, looking back at it, just doing it, they made a mistake. They should have brought you back in, what was it, 18? You should have come back and played in Green Bay. Can we agree with that? Sure. There you go. That's what Jason was looking for. No, that's not what I'm looking for. <clears throat> Here's the issue. <laughs> if you're wrong you're about looking Jordy for an Nelson, answer from so- You're looking for an answer from someone besides me, so I don't know why you're asking me the question. Let me ask it another way, and then we'll get to your 
amazing sharp literacy event that you've got coming up at the Fister Hotel. Yes or no? Were you surprised that they brought back brought back Randall Cobb? Yes. And no. <laughs> oh, he is Wildy and Wildy. I mean, he, he just Wildy'd Wildy. Uh, I mean, he... Goody said in his interview after they did. They said the reason why they did is because Aaron wanted him. So you have to do what you have to do sometimes. So, I mean, he blatantly said that if if it would have been a normal year where Aaron was at OTAs in offseason and showed up, you know, and didn't have what was going on all offseason and didn't make that request, they never once would have thought about it. So Because Aaron Rodgers wanted you back and they didn't listen to him. Correct? Yes or no? I have never been a part of those conversations. That's so correct. I don't know what was yes. said That's between yes them. Well. All right, Jordy, tell me why reading is so important. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to listen uh, to the radio. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Let me set the table <laughs> for us all. The event is Monday, November 15th. From 5 to 8 p.m. at the Fister Hotel. It's called A Novel Event with Packers Greats, which I definitely will not quibble with, Jordy Nelson. Now, Jordy, explain to us what you're going to be doing at this event, because there's going to be a live auction. Uh, I certainly will be bidding on a day with Jordy Nelson on Jordy Nelson's farm in Kansas. You can bet that. Uh, there's also some other great prizes like uh, Milwaukee Brewers opening day tickets, a Bucks pa- a package, a private chef's table experience at the Mason Street Grill, and all the funds that will be raised at a novel event will support Sharp Literacy's STEAM integrated literacy program, which reaches thousands of elementary students and educators in 49 urban schools across Milwaukee, Racine, and Waukesha. What are you going to be doing? Telling stories, talking about how much you enjoyed your time working with the media. What are you going to be talking about? Uh, we'll be we'll be telling some stories, um, talking a little bit about the time I substitute taught um, in my son's school in the off season. Uh, my teacher um, had to take leave for medical reasons, but um, yeah, and, you know, telling good stories about probably my career in Green Bay and. Um, like I said the other day on a radio show, is like for some reason people think I'm interesting to listen to. So, um, yeah, and then help obviously raise money for a great cause. Um, Sharp Literacy does a great job of raising money to create programs for these kids to be able to learn and grow um, throughout very important years of their life, um, starting you know all the way from like kindergarten, third grade through fifth grade. Um, it's the foundation of some of these kids that um, might be struggling in school, might not have um, the ability to access certain things. And so um, the effect that they can have on kids, like I said, at a very young age, at a very important stage in all of our lives, that um, to make school fun and enjoyable, but also learning things and allow them to have that foundation so when they get into high school and move on to college, they can be um, prepared and uh, ready to be productive. Uh, Sharpliteracy.org is where you can find tickets for the event. Uh, Je- what do I have to wear, Jordy? Do I have to wear a suit? What, 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 what's the dress code for this event? 
I believe it is suit. I think that's what I'll be wearing. So um, I'm sure when you spend all your money on that auction item, they don't care what you have on. So um, <laughs> as long as you're there and supporting, that's all that matters. Jordy, what would you be doing if, if Will D buys this, which he's not going to? What's he going to be doing out on the farm with you for a day? Well, it's kind of, I mean, that's the one hard part about this item is it depends on when you come down. Um, like today, once I get done with this incredible interview, I will be uh, headed to chop some feed and then possibly in a combine to uh, pick some corn. Um, if you would have came yesterday, you, we would have been hauling cattle and uh, working cattle. If you, who knows, come in two months, it'll be 10 degrees outside, and we'll be the cows will be having calves, and we'll be trying to keep them alive. Um, yeah, so it all depends on time of year, um, uh, what we'll be doing. If it's raining, we'll be uh, not doing anything. So <laughs> it's just it varies day to day, and that's one of the enjoyable parts about farming like if it's not different every day then give it two weeks and then you'll be done with you know harvest or moving cattle or working cattle and you'll be on to something else so if i bid and i win i have to pray for rain so i don't have to work that hard (laughs) yeah um i guess you won't you guys anyone who comes won't get the treatment that james and greg and brett and aaron and randall and all those guys have got we'll actually probably be doing something we won't just be cruising around and having fun Jordan, you said something interesting. So you were a, how long did you substitute teach for? Oh, geez, it was like a month or two. Wow. All right, yeah. so give tell us tell me about it. Uh, yeah, so tell, what was it? All subjects? About at a weak moment. Was it all subjects? Do what? Sorry. All subjects? No, it was you, just uh, math. Into? Oh god, it was math. So um, yeah, so one of the teachers at the school had cancer, and she had to do chemo treatments and with the chemo treatments her immune system was going to be a little bit lower than what it should be so they didn't want her around a bunch of students obviously in the beautiful winter of wisconsin so um it just so happened it was i think it was like end of february and through march or something obviously a downtime for us and um it was yeah, they actually emailed and asked my wife because she was a teacher before we came to Green Bay, and she couldn't do it. And so she asked me, and for some ridiculous reason, I said yes. <laughs> that is awesome. But what grade it was, was it? I enjoyed it. I feel bad for those third graders that I taught because they might be a little bit behind in math, but um, <laughs> they did a good job. They we 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 made it through, but it was fun to experience it and. I was if I wouldn't have made it in the NFL I probably would have been teaching and coaching. Um so it just kinda gave me the taste of what I possibly could have been doing if things would have been different. All right, Jordy, we know you've gotta go. You've enjoyed every moment of this, <laughs> I understand that. I do have one football question for you and that is this. You were a great, great wide receiver for this team. You did some remarkable things during your career. You had a remarkable connection with Aaron Rodgers. What has it been like to watch Devontae the last couple of years and so far this season before he missed last week's game? What do you make of how good he has become? And what's it been like for you to watch him knowing he is your friend, you've mentored him, and seeing that he has now become the best wide receiver in football? It's been impressive. Um, I mean, talk about a guy who's grown over, I guess, this is year eight for him now. Um from a guy when he came in, 
very young, um, obviously very explosive and very talented, but just needed to fine-tune everything and become that professional where it was week in and week out. It was practice, every practice, it was every game, it was the confidence, and it was just the the mindset that he obviously now has that no matter who it is across from him, they have no chance. And it might even be two or three guys, and they still don't have a chance sometimes. So, um, But it's interesting having conversations with him and what he thought his first couple of years. And he's, I, think, I don't know if he's told you guys, he's told me multiple times that he thought I didn't like him and hated him and didn't want him there. But I was just hard on him because he sat by me in the meeting room and the expectations in that room was to know what you're doing and know it, you know, the correct way and how to do it and how to say it and um, and be prepared every week. And it's funny now that the last couple of years he's been in that role and dealing with the young guys that he's had to try to mentor and bring along faster than what some of us when we came in had to get along. So um, he, now he understood where I was coming from. And so just I know, having those conversations with him and um, not only the way he's developed on the field but in the in the room and – as a leader and just a guy who set the standard and these other guys need to get up and match it. Um, I think it's, it's great to see and it's fun to see and continue to watch and see where, how far he's able to take this thing. Well, I understand how he felt. That's for sure. Um, Hey, so what exactly, (laughs) what exactly, what does that mean that you were hard on him? Can you explain that for us a little bit? Like what was your approach with him? that he got that impression because you certainly helped form the guy he is now. Oh, I would say I don't sugarcoat a lot of things. I'm pretty blunt. Um, yep. So it was just different stuff. I mean, in the meeting room, like I said, answering questions uh, the correct way and in the details of what either our coach, especially when EB was our coach because he was very detail-oriented and over-the-top detail-oriented, but it challenged us. Um, if it When we would take our tests on Saturdays and just not accepting getting a couple routes wrong or details wrong or plays wrong. Not, I mean, he knew what he was doing, but he not, might not have known exactly what the receiver on the other side. And that's where we always stress you have to know the whole concept and not just – um, you know, your position. Because especially, I mean, back then we ran a lot of no huddles, so you could easily be on the opposite side of the field and be stuck in a spot that you're not normally in. Um, if it's details in the route, um, in practice, if it's the way we finish all the time, ball screen, I mean, just everything. So, um, and even to the point now, I think he understands, like, when you're young and if you can't continue to get better, and I'm not saying he wasn't getting better, but I think one of the biggest challenges for people is to continue to get better with success. A lot of times when people are successful, um, and it's easy with sports because it's pretty much when you're winning, um, can cover up a lot of things. Um, if you have a good game or you know catch a 40-yard pass, like – there's still still details within that route that could have been better, or there's still a handful of plays um, in a game. Um, some of it is, uh, like for me, like some of my best games statistically-wise in my career are some games that drive me nuts the most just because I know I left even more out there. And everyone knows and easily can go to the Super Bowl for one. 
Um, another one is against the Jets. I had over 200 yards receiving and a touchdown. And um, when I went in to do the press conference, because they made a big deal about it, I was I was upset with myself because I dropped a third down conversion. I think I dropped another touchdown or wasn't able to complete those um, if they weren't completely drops. But it's like that's where I think you you go to the another another level. Um, I remember having conversations where he would get upset because. I mean, he caught a fade ball for 60 yards, and but Luke Getzey was maybe on him about his release and how that, you know, a fade ball for 40 and a catch and tackle could have been 5 to 10-yard separation for as quick, as explosive as Devontae is and should have been, you know, a 60- or 70-yard touchdown instead of just a 40-yard completion. So um, I think that's a spot where he is completely taken off on, and I'm sure – of him critiquing himself on good plays and bad plays, good games and bad games, where you just, if you want to be the best of the best like he is, you have to critique yourself every play to maximize every opportunity. All right, Jordy, last one. You and Randall and Devante went out to Sonoma. Who's drinking the most wine out of that group? <laughs> um Probably James Jones when we were there. Oh, he JJ was there too. Was guzzling it. Um, <laughs> I would say Emily and I are were definitely the winos when we went out there. Randall and Ida um, have some, you know, have definitely drank some wine and been out there. But uh, we, I think, converted them all. Um, James and Tamika got kind of sucked into it. Devonte a little bit. Um, Randall and Ida for sure got sucked into some more of it. So. It's great. Um, we love Sonoma and Napa. Um, it's the scenery, the food, the wine, obviously. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool experience. So it's so even if you don't even drink. I mean, that's some of it too. We've talked to other people. Like, I don't drink. I'm like, it's still fun to go because I mean, for part of it too, for me, is the agricultural. It's, it's farming. It's just farming grapes instead of <laughs> corn or wheat. But um, to understand the process of that, the views are incredible. The food is amazing out there. Um, and honestly, the people are great. Uh, in both Napa and Sonoma, I know there's sometimes a little rivalry there on which one's better And anyway. But um, it's fun. I enjoy it. That's probably our favorite place to go is out there to wine country. And then obviously knowing Tony and uh, give him a little plug with his three fat guys wine. Um, he's taken us a couple times around in, in Sonoma and just great experiences and memories. A novel event. Monday, November 15th, 5 p.m. at the Fister Hotel. Sharpliteracy.org to find out more information with Jordy Nelson as the keynote speaker. Jordy, I hope you enjoyed our time together half as much as I did, but I'm sure you didn't. I'm just glad we got the one time out for the year. So, All right, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. That is our buddy Jordy Nelson, again, doing some great work with Sharp Literacy, sharpliteracy.org, to find out more.